0: Folks, what's going on? Armin Hammer here. The following is not CrossFit related, but it is a lot of fun. My oldest brother and I have this podcast that we do. We call uh, A to Z because my name is Armin and his name is Z. So it's pretty easy. And uh, we've been doing some episodes earlier in the year. I think we did about half a dozen episodes, but we stopped because things got really wild um, in the middle of the year there with uh, all the stuff going on at at CrossFit and, and my schedule and his schedule with his work and stuff. So We kind of uh, slowed it down a little bit, but we're picking it back up. And what better time than now, uh, Election Day. So we recorded this yesterday, the day before Election Day, putting it out today on Election Day, talking about um, sort of our various viewpoints on things that are going on in the political space and in our our society right now. So it's not exactly CrossFit-related stuff, but it is a good time. Uh, He and I um, obviously have a pretty good rapport. We definitely don't agree on everything. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's a really fun conversation. I was hearing from a lot of people that they were hoping to get more of this type of content after it kind of stopped in the middle of the year. So I'm really happy to be able to keep doing this again. I love my brother, love talking to him. Um, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. So take a listen, take a look, let me know what you think in the comment section, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a little bit of calmness after whatever insanity is going to ensue on election day, folks. Uh, that's that's basically it. I know I can feel it kind of ramping up into craziness over the next couple weeks, probably. And I'm just looking forward to it being a little bit more calm after that. But that might just be that might be a little too optimistic, you know? Who knows? Either way, enjoy the show. I'll see you very soon. Take care.
1: Hey, buddy. Buenos días.
2: <laughs> are, are you saying it in are you saying in Spanish because you're you have like a a, a conquistador mustache? You just need a yeah, I think
1: I think I'm fully embracing the dastardly 1930s Zorro villain look. You have you yeah. That's actually what it is. It's it's.
2: Either Zorro villain or your Val Kilmer from, uh, uh, what movie is it? I'm your Huckleberry. Well, I'm your yes. Huckleberry.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. What I'm going to book? step off. I'm going to step <laughs> off a a saloon porch in the final stages of my tuberculosis and yes. and save the town. Yep. Mm-hmm. You look like you should be ordering whiskey
2: by the bottle in an old timey saloon, and it should be slid
1: across the bar into your waiting hand. Into my waiting hand. <laughs> it's like, sh- yes, as I uh, as I fold a cigarillo and <laughs> and refer blow. to everyone blow. you see as partner. <laughs>
3: blow the smoke into people's faces yeah yeah you muted yourself what (laughs) oh gosh okay now i can't see you there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. That was my wife.
1: My wife. My uh, wife.
2: It's been a long time since yeah. I've listened to LA sports radio. I miss that. I miss that sound drop. Yeah, yeah. I also, I miss, yeah. I, miss I miss hearing, I miss hearing Petros and Money play S2 Hermano. Two Hermano <laughs> Tuesdays was like one of my favorite games that they would play.
1: <laughs> yeah, he. He literally bought a cell phone and gave out the number. Yeah, and would just get texts from all of his fans. That's, that's not a bad smart. idea, actually. Yeah, that's pretty smart. You need a dedicated Arm and Hammer burner phone. That's and that's actually, yeah, text me. Cre- create <laughs> a giant, create a giant text messaging chain, or or just have people text you directly that's even better.
2: That's fair. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Something to do this month. Start the year off right.
1: So it's been a while since we've talked. I mean, I'm not sure why. Uh, What's happened since we've last talked? What was our last conversation?
2: I think the last, I don't remember when it was, this year, obviously, the intervening months have been very strange. uh a lot has occurred. I think probably it was just before all this shenanigans and insanity at CrossFit between like the games getting delayed and then Greg Glassman, you know getting sort of like launched into the infamous stratosphere of the internet and then um, you know his subsequent leaving from crossfit a lot of crazy things happened so i probably was just barely keeping my head above water to be honest with you so yeah that was crazy that was like june right yeah that was june that was june it's been and i i I don't remember like here let me see if i can go back i can look at my old we'll look at my publishing and see if i can find the last episode that we did
1: have you spoken to great glassman since all of that went down
2: very briefly um i talked to him but yeah so the last it looks like the last episode we did was in april
1: april dude. oh, oh dude so it was right before it was like just just right after the shutdown it
2: was right after the shutdown and right before everything got really really crazy yeah april that was the last one it was at the end of april
1: basically was the- it was right after everything i told you during the first five a disease came absolutely true uh i i can't remember
2: probably i don't know probably i'm not i can neither confirm nor deny i don't remember the, the <laughs> content of those discussions but yeah i mean listen it was it's been a really weird intervening six months. I don't know what else to say. Five months, basically. It's been a very weird intervening five months. Uh, you know, CrossFit is a new ownership. The country is still shut down. In a lot of places, you're living in what I can only assume is like, I don't know. Are there bread lines uh,
1: oh, yeah, in, in California staying? yet? Yes, what? yes. The, the People's Republic of California. Yeah. Has, yeah, has, your, has the king of California
2: stopped you from, you know, um, speaking above a certain decibel level yet? Like, are, is that why we could, we were having trouble connecting on Zoom earlier? Like, you had, you had too loud of a voice, and that, that, carries, that carries some consequences in
1: California? It was the fact that he knew I was going to mention that he sent his kids back to his uh, private school in person while he has the rest of the state shut down. I mean, you know, hypocrisy for the win. Hey man, uh, monarchy's gonna monarch. Rules for thee, not for me. Uh, Royalty's gonna do royalty things, Zion. The the new Kennedys, the new Kennedys. Oh yeah, yeah. Him, his his great aunt, or I mean, I don't know how many greats it is. Nancy Pelosi.
3: Yeah. They're I mean, listen, I don't,
2: somehow. I don't know. Are they really, I wouldn't, I'm not surprised.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're not surprised. Related. Uh, they're related.
2: yeah. But you know, things are, things are going okay out here. I mean, Texas is doing all right. Austin's doing okay. It's a little, I mean, there, there's a little bit of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe it. It seems like things are getting back to some semblance of normalcy in some ways, but I think that's mainly because I'm, Like, I don't have kids, so we're not worried about, like, schooling. I don't really have to experience that. But I do know, like, some friends of mine who are like, we don't ever want to deal with the school district ever again. So they're going in on, like, private small group schooling between a couple of different parents that have a handful of kids between them. And they're just going to hire their favorite teacher away from the school district to full time teach that small group of kids, I was like, that's a great way of doing it. You take complete ownership of the of the process. You have someone that you trust. They are suddenly making more money than they were before, and you don't, you're not like uh, you're not at the whims of whatever this group of you know this group of people that that aren't necess- like don't necessarily have the same skin in the game and don't necessarily feel the repercussions of their decisions as as deeply as everybody else does. So maybe things aren't 100% normal, but
1: oh, it seems like things are getting there here. What's the the impetus in speaking to those people for making that sort of decision? Is it just the fact that their kids are not allowed to go into school in person, or do they feel that the quality of instruction wasn't Mm -hmm. great, or do they feel that the curriculum how it's structured in order to serve the needs of tens of thousands of students isn't particularly suited to make sure that their children get the academic and socialization necessary for their personal growth?
2: I don't know. I'm actually, I, I, I think the, the main reason that I heard, I'm sure all of those things play into it, but the main reason that I was given was basically that it is not feasible for any working adult to also be responsible for taking care of their kids and their kids' education, whether that is a direct, you know, two working parents homeschooling three kids in various grades, or it's an indirect two working parents monitoring three kids in various grades with various zoom schedules for you know online classes so i think i think that's part of it it's it's like a logistic thing it's a simplifying everyone's life thing it's a move back towards um it's a move back towards uh uh, like a localism in a sense which honestly should be very strongly considered by a lot of people uh you know, I think I think people are way too reliant on, on, uh, you know, committees or government organizations or just groups in general that are several degrees removed from their communities to optimize for their community. It just makes no sense to me. You know, if there's something going on on my cul-de-sac, I'm not going to go to the mayor of Austin to talk to him about something going on, on my cul-de-sac. I'm going to talk to my neighbors. So, you know, the same way that like if something's going on in Austin, why would I go to DC to ask them to help me with something in Austin? I would go to my mayor. Like you, you the the idea of of having multiple degrees of removal, I mean that exponentially decreases a a group's ability to actually help. Like the more removed you are from the situation, the less you can actually help in any reasonable way. So, I don't know, it just seems like them taking control of that that sort of education aspect is a pretty smart way of getting around this you know over optimization of systems that inevitably leads to major problems down the line but hey i don't have kids so i'm not i don't know if i'm speaking for them i'm just sort of interpreting their their uh their behavior
3: Mm. That makes I mean, sense how, to
2: me, that makes sense it, to me. Cause you have, I mean, Zach is in school, you know, and he's not
1: back in person, is he? Is
3: in-person no.
2: schooling
1: even a thing in, in California? N- not really. They've started assessments, so they had a, a one-day assessment, which was probably the greatest day of school every California school child had ever had. Uh, yeah, because imagine what it means, in Zach's case, he's in the fourth grade, he started a new school, and he started a new school over Zoom. So imagine being, oh, ideal. (laughs) Imagine being a a nine-year-old, you're going to a new school, but you don't get to really make an impression in person. It's, you're just a disembodied face on the Zoom camera. And, The socialization aspect of it—it's just criminal. Really, it's just criminal. Uh, you talk about handling things locally. You know, probably a hundred and fifty years ago, a posse would have ridden up to Sacramento and. A posse. Tom Newsom. You're, Tom you're really leaning into the of, mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's because I look at myself in the mirror. And imagine myself riding my horse up to Sacramento. It would take like twelve days, but
3: we'd get yeah. there eventually.
2: Yeah. And you would in 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 your mind, in this this scenario in the mornings when you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like brushing your teeth. Are you listening to like Big Iron on his hip? That that like old <laughs> country
3: song. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep your body rolling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I've noticed my voice has gotten noticeably deeper since I've
2: (laughs) chosen to.
1: It's the weight of the mustache. The mustache is a heavy, (laughs) heavy burden. (laughs) Uh, Anywho. So watching Zach try to navigate
3: this situation is really infuriating for me.
1: I mean, first off, some of the interesting kind of side notes, bullying and Lord of the Flies behavior has not been mitigated by Zoom classrooms. In fact, really No, not at all. In fact, the kids are more technologically savvy than the adults. So they fit they they find every single loophole. Like for example, the kids realized. That the person to person chat function had not been disabled by the teachers. And so they were carrying on, these are fourth graders, by the way, they were carrying on meta conversations about the class. This is fantastic. You
2: can't, listen, kids. Kids are different. nine year olds are different than than when you were a nine year old or I was a nine year old. It's a completely different world. they have been they've been exposed to technology and information at a rate that like not only is the volume of information they've been exposed to several orders of magnitude greater than probably what you and I have been exposed to our entire lives at this point, but the technology that they've been using their entire lives, you can't you can't fool them you can't get one past them like they're always several steps ahead that that does not surprise me at all that they're they've found loopholes and ways to deal with technology that you know administrations uh, school administrations made up of like you know grandmothers and grandfathers in their 60s didn't understand oh yeah well it's just like a phone call right well if it's a phone call then we'll hear everything they have to say because I'm on the phone and you're on the phone and well, we're all on the phone together. It's like a party line. What? That's basically, they just imagine Zoom being a 90s party line of phone calls that everyone calls into and talks to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it it was really kind of amusing and shocking to see that the kids were kind of running. There was a lot of power struggle in the sense that the kids would constantly be telling the teachers how to do things on Zoom. So there, there was that, that first kind of several week period where that happened. Did, did there then, ever, was there ever the point where it was like, oh, uh, you know, uh,
2: Mrs. Jenkins, you're, you're, you're muted. You have to press Alt F4 to to get yourself <laughs> unmuted and then get them to like shut off their, their Zoom
1: completely or like quit out of the program yeah yeah i mean <laughs> no they want to be helpful i think they 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 do want to be helpful but you know zach brought up that there was a kid in the class that kept being mean to him and that you know i'm trying to think like I'm, what i i overthought the situation completely you know i said okay you know it's over zoom what what could possibly be happening here? What's the what's the context? Okay, he's in, he's the new kid. Zach's a personable uh uh kid, and he likes he likes to uh make as many friends as possible. And so immediately I was like, ah, oh, it's the girls. It's gotta be the girls. Okay. So I I I said, uh, I said, yeah, you know what Zach, how are how are the girls in the class treating you? He's like, oh, all the girls, all the girls like me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, that's good. I said, so tell me about, tell me about this one particular child. Oh, his name is Michael. I'm like, okay. I'm like, listen, what is Michael saying? Well, Michael wants, you know, if I, if I, if the teacher asks for me to do something and I play my guitar, everybody, everybody loves it. But Michael says, Oh, you're that, that's the same stupid song you're playing. Something like that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Does Michael play in the (laughs) instruments? He's like, I I don't know. I, I don't think so. I'm like, well, I mean, maybe just maybe Michael's a little bit jealous. And then he, I said, you know what? Don't, just don't pay attention to it. At first, I tried to be the enlightened parent. I said, you know what, Zach? Next time, why don't you say, Michael? I don't like it when you say those sort of things. I would prefer if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And Zach, of course, went and did that. And then Michael turned around and was like, mm, you're stupid or something like that. Okay? <laughs> oh, man. And then I said, okay, you know what? I was home. There was, it was, I was home one day and I said, you know what? When Michael comes on, I want you to show me Michael. Okay? Oh, my God.
3: You're, yeah. okay. All right,
1: <laughs> okay, hold on,
2: hold on. This is the mustache talking. Oh, no.
1: Hey, don't fuck with my kid. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you in just a second what happened, but the overwhelming desire to show up to Michael's house and beat the crap out of his dad in front of him. That's a very real thing. <laughs> That's a very real thing. Like, oh my ding-dong. god. Okay. Uh, oh, who's at the door? Hi. Uh, hi, Michael. Is your dad home? Yeah. There's, yeah. There's... Can he come to the door? Oh no. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah, yeah. you had
1: Zach point him out. I had Zach point him out, and Michael. Michael was. How do I put this delicately? He was a child who ate his feelings.
3: Damn, dude. Okay.
2: (laughs) So wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. 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 Okay. 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 All right. You're painting a picture. You're painting a picture. He was he was he was uh okay. So okay you're painting a picture. Big big fat fat bully. bully. Okay. Big fat bully.
1: You're talking about a nine-year-old. I just wanted to be very clear here. Okay. I'm talking about a really, really hefty nine-year-old. And and so I was like, Zach, Zach, okay. I, I pulled Zach aside and I'm like, listen, Zach, you know what? This is a this is just jealousy. You're a you're the good looking new kid who plays the guitar. What is an And I mean dad. Like you, <laughs> what and I
3: mean Michael, dad?
1: <laughs> the only the only instrument Michael plays is the hot dog flute. (laughs) Jesus.
2: Wait a second, wait a second. So you're telling me you basically did what mom did. You like took Zach aside and you're like, Zach, let me tell you something. You are (laughs) the handsomest. You are the funniest. You are the cutest. All the girls like you. You play the guitar. (laughs) Do not listen to this Michael. He does not know what he's saying to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Michael is b
2: Michael is pedarsack You cannot listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> this pedersack Michael. <laughs> yeah. Um, <Okay>.
1: Yeah. Michael <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it's, that's cool. It's interesting that I have... You know what, The I've realized that the biggest trait that I've gotten from mom
3: is the mother bear, the, just the insuant rage, like, I'm going to go burn down this motherfucker's house. <laughs> what,
1: what, what, what did you do? What did you, did say you? My do?
2: Did you? a nine-year-old just tell my nine-year-old that you don't like him playing guitar? I'm going to kick your chest through your back.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, you, it's not the child. I'm not the quite that. I think mom probably would, but Dude, it's mom more would confront like a nine-year-old. I'm going, to he, child. I'm going to show you what, oh, you want to see bullying? Uh, what does your dad do? He's a pharmacist. He's a Oh my god. He's a personal injury attorney. He's a (laughs) weed shop owner. I mean, I don't know. What's the I don't know how (laughs) I
2: you know, I thought I thought bullying was a thing of the past. I thought like my generation was the last generation that had bullying as an experience in school. I thought bullying was like I thought kids these days are way more enlightened. I thought it was like 21 Jump Street. You're on 21 Jump Street. They go back to high school and he's like being a super douche and like bullying, like being a jock and bullying the nerds. And they're like, Hey man, why are you being like that? We don't
1: do that here. No, here's what it is. (laughs) They now have 21st century weaponry. Memes. It's not just memes. Think about this. You teach, you teach your children. You teach your children to be empathetic, and you hone that empathy. They're naturally empathetic to begin with. Human children have to be empathetic in order to survive. If they're not empathetic, they don't realize when the large people that are that they are entirely dependent upon are upset. Maybe I shouldn't push this last last button because they might leave me on the side of the street. <laughs> kids have that kids have that necessary honed in built-in empathy what we've done is we've we've further sharpened it and then given them unmanned drone technology and now they they're able to just nuke things from orbit with very with precision and accuracy. Yeah. And that's 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 what kids do. I think I would imagine the worst possible place to be is like an 11 or 12-year-old girl who's on the short end of another 11 or 12-year-old girl who has just Instagram and TikTok and Twitter all at her fingertips. Yeah, dude.
2: I, I don't even know. You're, I, yeah, I think it's like, the fact is, I don't know very many adults that handle this, like, social media in a reasonable, mature, and responsible way. And this, like, poison, this digital poison that is being shoved down everybody's throats uh in the form of Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. We're, ex- we're exposing children to it and expecting them to just be able to deal with it when we can't deal with it as a as a society. It's so strange. It's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. Um man, I I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all.
1: Yeah, suffice it to say it's not an ideal way to make sure that children grow up to be well-adjusted human beings and especially conducting classes over zoom where they feel like the only way they they can meaningfully connect with their friends is online then everything has an added weight to it and it's devastating to watch how damaging it is to the, to the kids and True. so you want to say okay we're just going to disconnect but how do you tell a nine-year-old that you no longer have access to your friends right right you can, because you can no longer connect with your friends because
2: you're not in a situation to
1: give them in person right I
2: can't say go down,
1: go down the street and meet up with Dylan, because Dylan's parents are convinced that the Chinese plague is going to somehow, you know,
3: kill their child or uh, you know be transferred to grandma. I mean, it's a pretty genius thing to uh
1: to try to tear down the United States, I think. I mean going back to going back to that, I think if this were a planned event, it, it was it was executed beautifully. I mean look at where we're at. We're one day away we're one day away from half of the country losing their goddamn minds. Guaranteed <clears throat> guaranteed I mean,
2: hey, man. By the time by, I, I, I think uh, I think there's there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of uh, emotion over the next couple weeks. I think that's a that's probably this the most understated way I can describe uh, what is going to happen over the next couple weeks. It is a it is a guarantee. It's like, you know, I I I. I would say that, how did we get here? I don't know how we got here. Why is it the way it is? But I think I think the answers to those questions are pretty clear. I, I don't think it's, I, I think it's unreasonable to assume that we can't trace back the sort of state that we're in to, uh, you know, several different causes. You know, not one more than any other in particular, but just the the fact that we're like more, as a, as a group of people, as a society, like we're way more divided. And I mean that we're way more divided both as a word, as a descriptor, as in we are a people that have become divided, and as as in we, the object, have been divided as an acted upon into that direction um in a lot of different ways. So yeah, man. It's gonna be really weird. It's gonna be to really, really end? weird. I mean, I don't know. I think I think I think to assign Kimono, to assign some sort of like as
1: you would say, who benefits?
2: I to to assign like a uh realistically nobody benefits. Nobody benefits. The the there's only short term gain to be had with this sort of thing. The only thing that this does is help one side or another or one group of people or another for a short period of time before everybody suffers from it i mean i don't know what else there is to what else there is to look at you can look at you can look at like you know various sort of like oh look uh you know this behavior of uh you know this behavior benefits one end of the political spectrum this other behavior benefits the other end of the political spectrum but all the all the costs incurred in those short-term wins is undermining and eroding the the like foundation of you know a society that actually believes in the system or believes in itself to be able to like move on as a unit and i mean we kind of deserve it i'm not i'm not super pissed about that i'm not super pissed about that i think the the sooner that everyone can see sort of how clearly and conveniently the veil was pulled over all of our eyes for the past named the period of time 47 years or 147 years or 247 years like you name it it it, it, it is what it, it that's what it's basically been uh you know probably more in the next in the past like 100 years than any time before that but you know as as it is what it is i think the more quickly people can realize that you know there's uh there's there's <laughs> there's just a game being played that you know people think they're privy to because they've picked a team and they wear their colors proudly but that's not the game that's actually being played that's the game that you're being distracted by while the real game is being played
1: and nobody is winning that game. What's the real game? I, I I'm curious now. Uh, I think, I think it's, you know, if you, look you think at, it's like a class thing, you think
2: it's like, it's probably, I think it's probably closer to a class issue than it is a political issue. I think realistically, like, you know, if, when you look at, um, when you look at the, the groups of people who are, uh, who are benefiting directly or indirectly the most from sort of like the power transfer that occurs from, you know, one administration to the other from, and the, the consistent winners, it basically always looks the same. And, and, and especially over the past like 20 years, it's basically been either the military industrial complex or the banking system. It's like one or the other or both. Are the major winners, regardless of what happens. And you can say that maybe that's them playing a better strategy and like playing a winning strategy of like both ends. But when the cost of those industries winning is, uh, you know, for the past 20 years, in 20 years, we've basically had a never ending war that no administration on the left or the right has been able to stop, and we've had the complete collapse of the financial system to the detriment of the entire fucking planet that was unpunished and unresolved. And then what we're dealing with and then now, Donald
1: Trump came along and
2: and what fixed both what, of them? I mean, did he really fix both of them though? Like look I... don't get me wrong. like you know think you know think back to December twenty nineteen, the economy is doing great. Um, but you know, still, still dealing with war that hasn't been resolved. In fact, talking about moving further troops into uh, conflicts that, like you know, should probably have been wrapped up by now. Afghanistan, then, you mean? Sure. And then, uh, like you know, the 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 fact that we're dealing with the same groups of people that didn't pay a price. For the carnage they were responsible for in 2008, are still making those same, like, still playing those same games with people's lives and their, you know, their financial outcomes. Without any sort of repercussion, it, it the the end result looks the same. Maybe sometimes they're sped up towards that direction, and maybe sometimes it's slowed down towards that direction, but you know, I feel like that's, that's the game that's being played. Like everyone's being distracted by this, you know, hey, I'm on this team and the other team is evil. I'm the good guys. They're the bad guys, which is a stupid way of looking at things. It makes no sense. And if, Agreed. if, there's, if, there's, if there's anything, by the way, that would alienate a reasonable human being more, it's telling them that you have to conform to every single one of these beliefs or you're the bad
1: guy. And right. From well, that's either direction. that's what's happening, uh, that's Armin. Exactly
3: that's what's, what's happening. happening.
2: That's exactly what's happening. So it's like the the game that's being played in the in like society in general as like pick teams, and you know the other team, regardless of who it is, are the bad guys. Cut all ties with them. They don't deserve your attention. Uh, if they don't conform to your beliefs, then they're they're evil. It's all just perfect and pure distraction from what's actually happening, which is uh, huge, gigantic uh, human rights violations, uh, financial corruption and fraud, rampant across all levels of the system, political uh, corruption and fraud, rampant across all levels of the system, and uh, a, a media that does nothing but Roots for its team, regardless of what side it's on, what side it's on, so overall, I feel pretty hopeful for the future,
3: <laughs> yeah, what do you think is gonna happen tomorrow
2: tomorrow um tomorrow is going to be <clears throat> so let me give you an analogy, right uh, and as as a as as a uh, as a sheriff from the wild west you would all obviously understand this you know imagine the the gold mine outside your town uh i can picture it
3: clearly it's like
2: it's like the gold mine in zorro let's picture the gold mine from zorro antonio banderas uh as zorro right mask of zorro uh
1: (laughs) hey hey uh thank you for bringing up that because that was Catherine zeta jones in her she was absolute heyday
2: Dude, there's so Katie and I have watched some of like some old uh adventure movies, like stuff that she hadn't seen before, like uh the, the Indiana Jones movies, and stuff that like you know we each hadn't seen in a long time, like the Mummy series and, and the Mask of Zorro. And that movie is hilarious and fantastic in so many ways, it's so good, anyway.
1: Okay, either way, that's the yes, yes, there. yes, yes. Uh, imagine Entrapment. By the way, it was a formative film in my youth.
2: Was yes. it was it the entire film or was it one particular moment in that
3: film?
1: <laughs> you know, I thought it was very elegantly shot, especially when she demonstrated that women indeed have an advantage over men, especially
3: when trying to infiltrate a room full of laser beams yes absolutely i mean
2: yeah anyway anyway not neither here nor there uh imagine a you know a, a powder keg of explosives at the mouth of a mine right and then uh the, you know there's a line of gunpowder that goes in a you know wiley e. coyote-esque marathon distance from the powder kegs <laughs> and the mine all the way through back. the
3: saloon
2: yeah through the over, saloon. over the yeah. water tower exactly over the water yeah. tower like through someone's hat or something you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, riding yeah. yeah uh tomorrow is going to be the match that hits the end of that line and sometime <laughs> about two weeks to two and a half months so two weeks to 10 weeks after the powder line the line is like lit the powder keg is going to explode. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait.
3: What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, uh, 400 electoral votes for Trump.
2: <laughs> is there even? Is there even? What? What is even the max? I don't even know what it
1: is. It's like 48. 48 states.
2: 48, five, 48
3: states. <laughs> 48 states red. That's your. You're such a we <laughs> 48. forty-eight states,
2: and with a resounding four hundred and
1: eighty-six electoral votes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Forty-eight states, and and hints of of voter fraud in California and New York. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you know, uh, it it it's hard it's hard for me to kind of
3: wrap my brain around here's the issue i value twitter
1: as a non-twitter i don't have a twitter account i use twitter to kind of get real-time information
3: from multiple perspectives Watching Twitter
1: from the outside, I see one side, I I feel like social media has a way of not just creating echo chambers, but creating, like in the X-Men where Professor X has, has Cerebro. Right, And Cerebro doesn't do anything other than amplify his already awesome powers. Right. I feel like that's what Twitter
3: is. You go okay. into the room with what you've got all all twitter
1: twitter rebro does is just amplify it
3: to like the nth degree okay and and so if you're if you're like, you know. left
1: and you're a Twitter user and you've been in the pandemic and like, you know, you've been using Twitter now four hours a day. You're convinced that the United States was founded based upon a conspiracy of white people to uh, create a slave state. And Is this a real thing? Do people really believe I, that? I mean, <laughs> I, a, woman I won a, a woman won a Pulitzer for coming up with an alternate history of I the founding we, of the United States. I thought we all
2: collectively agreed to, to think, like, basically, if it's not in the hard sciences, it's, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's like, you know, journalism awards are meaningless. The Pulitzer, the Nobel Prize is meaningless unless it's for physics or chemistry. You know, basically anything outside of mathematics, physics, and chemistry, you know, like the hard sciences that you can prove uh, that actually are are falsifiable and repeatable, like, you know, science is meant to be. Uh,
1: when you say all of us, you mean you and I. <laughs> <laughs> fair
2: enough. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, so, th-
1: I mean, that's what happens. It's like we, so we so all do we remember got... that, right? Okay, just want to make sure that we all remember well, that. <laughs> we've, gotten, we've gotten to the culmination of that, which is if you were just this outsider watching, looking at Twitter trends, you would think that the United States is on the verge of some sort of incredible revolution.
3: Oh, it's going to be so dope. From one side or the other. Uh, either it's... Uh, you know, a repudiation of
1: racism and hate, which is just this concept that is laughable to me. The idea that there is, you know, like... Here's the thing. Either you agree with the politically correct position, or you're a racist person who hates anybody that doesn't look like you.
3: Or, or
1: on the other or, side, you love America. And or you're a a just a commie, waiting to you know have the Marxist overthrow the
3: yeah, United so, States.
2: So basically, what you're saying, and you know, you can, again, of course, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I'm just trying to interpret what you're saying um you're saying on the twitterverse with the world viewed through Twitty bro twitter twitter, twitter,
3: twitter you bro, had it you had it yeah exactly um,
2: either side of the political spectrum sees themselves as uni- the united states at its best they both Correct. see themselves as like On one side, it's the U.S. fighting the Nazis. Yes. And on the other side, it's the U.S. fighting the communists. Right. And they can't agree. They just can't agree on, like, which version of the best United States they are. And they disagree on whether their opponents are fascists, as in Hitler's Nazis, or if they're Stalinists or Maoists, one or the other. Uh, You know, hardcore communists um so yeah okay i think i think i think i i I feel like
1: i summed up and understood what you're saying there go on yeah and meanwhile uh the Pooh is is laughing into his n95 mask while pulling all the strings i i mean it's it's just crazy it's all crazy to me
2: it is uh it isn't not crazy it isn't not crazy yeah it it is weird it i i don't i don't know what I don't know what the I don't I just don't know what the end result that anyone is actually aiming for is. No one has any actionable you know forward-looking prescriptions for what they think was is a solution to an actual everything is like a non-solution to a non-problem, which is a which is a double whammy in stupidity. So I I haven't heard for this entire year this entire election cycle I haven't I don't think I've been given one is pro rata the right word here one pro rata argument is that the okay. right phrase I'm
1: depends on what what comes after
2: one pro rata argument in favor of either side from either side okay does that make is that the right phrase what does that mean why am I using that word Or those words. I don't know. I haven't heard one actual positive, and by positive, I mean here's what we're going to do, argument from either political end of the spectrum of a real solution to actual problems as opposed to non solution to non problems. And that's really weird. Like, that's a really weird place to be because what do you do in that situation? i i I can't I can't convince myself to support someone who can't give me a reason to support them. And so far, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like the 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 most common argument, regardless of which direction you're looking at or coming from, is, I'm not
1: that guy. I, I was thinking that phrase was in my brain <laughs> as you said it. I'm not that guy. I'm not that
2: guy. Vote for me. I'm not that guy. Uh I'm in 2024.
1: I'm not either of those guys. Yeah. Like, that's that's the that's the argument. The good news and is the like United me. States. Both sides still hate people that look like you. So at least. <laughs> Maybe that's the unity that we need.
2: (laughs) It's just just so silly to me. It's so silly to me to hear people project onto these, these losers that they're going to be some sort of revolutionary change in one direction or another. Another thing that really bothers me is people idolizing or putting politicians into role model positions. Politicians should be regarded with nothing but disdain. Correct. They are th- the, by definition. They are grifting. That yes. Is, that is the, that is their role. Their role yes. is to grift. Absolutely. Built into their profession, they should be treated with barely any respect, and should be disdainfully regarded in all facets of their behavior. Agreed. I have no respect for anybody who is a lifelong politician because I can't, for the life of me, understand what they have done to earn any respect.
3: Yeah, in my
1: experience,
2: in my experience...
1: Because you've worked worked in politics, yeah? In local and and state-level politics is... Every single candidate is a neurotic, paranoid mess who is seeking reelection. Everything that they do is about reelection. And so <clears throat> principles become compromised. and this it's it's this dog and pony show covered in a veneer of bipartisanship or traditional camaraderie. I mean, you have to understand the idea that these senators don't like each other. They're the, the it's the most elite
3: group. They, it's the they most have so elite. much
1: more in common with each other than they do with any of us. It's like it's, it's the like, most how would elite fraternity yeah. <laughs> on the planet. There's a hundred of them. Period. Yeah. This it's idea such a joke. that they don't like each other or that they are actually, it's all a game, it's all a show, it's a circus. In fact, it's become more circus-like in recent years, and it's almost funny how they're laughing at us because they've they have actually taken back the curtain a little bit too at times, talking about the fact that they're constantly texting each other and giving each other shit during the meetings. That was Cory yeah. Booker, you know? Yeah. And and
2: that, that's what – that drives me crazy, right? This the, the fact, Again, this goes back to what I was saying, this idea that, like, you know, the average American is drawn into playing essentially sports with their politics. It's like you just pick your team, you rep your colors, and you dislike the other side because of, you know, 250 years of uh, 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 rivalry.
3: And that's about it. That's as far as it goes. No,
1: it's worse than that. It's worse than that, Armin. That's not a good analogy. Because here's the thing. If I like the Rams and you like the Raiders, we're like, yo, fuck the Raiders. And you're like, the Rams are pussies and whatever. But at the end of the day, we're both dudes who like football and drinking and hanging out. You get what I'm saying here? I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. what's happening now is much worse than that because I can get behind that. I can get behind this is my team, but we all love football because football is American. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. It is. It is. I'm all good with it. You can like whatever team you want. But that's not this. What this is feels like the assumption of good faith has gone completely out the window. The fact that you like the Raiders makes you a subhuman who, whom I shall detest and whose every utterance I shall regard with suspicion and bad faith and that's a very dangerous place to be in yeah because if you cannot have and and it's been systematically you talked about how how it seems like it's an outside push we're not sure what the end is my theory is that the end is the destruction of what the united states stands for in in this idea of being
3: Ideally, a place where individual liberty, this
1: idea of equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. Sure. A place where the very first amendment to its constitution was the freedom of somebody to express themselves in any way they choose, whether it's... In speech, in religion, whatever the case might be. And the Second Amendment was the means by which they secure the first against a government that would overstep its bounds. The problem is both of those are being eroded now. They're being eroded. So, this idea of first, this idea of if I am offended, then what you said was offensive and therefore you should not utter it. Sure.
2: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think I, I heard a phrase. It's like, there's, there's a large group of people. Uh, and I have some thoughts on, I have some thoughts on these things. I don't know how you, you have a, you have a, a meeting coming up
3: yeah I have a, I have about
1: uh, we'll, 12
2: minutes let's call it 12 so, minutes okay I will, we won't get too deep into it i leave other stuff to talk about later you know, you know what, what I mean? we'll but
1: do the in person from a to z when i see you in a few days hopefully yeah fingers crossed that'd be dope uh then we
2: can actually get into it but you know my my read on this situation is that we have a very like i said at the beginning of this we have a large group of people who for one reason or another, when confronted with the anxiety of repercussions for their decisions, push the responsibility of those decisions onto an authority figure. With the expectation that either one two things is going to happen, either that authority figure is going to succeed in removing their anxiety by giving them a solution, or that authority figure is going to take the blame when it doesn't work. Can
1: can can I can I expound on that? Because I think you hit on something extremely important. Yeah. The root problem of all of this is ownership.
2: I think I think there's I think there's something to be said about that. I think there's something to be said. I think I think there's a a lot of the behavior that I see that I find the most um the most like distasteful comes from hypocrisy. It comes from a lack of coherence in Uh, uh, you know a philosophy and the the core of hypocrisy is I guess in a way ownership of your you know of your opinion of your behavior of your method of your philosophy like you know there's there isn't anything coherent about you know seeing the exact same behavior by your opponent's team and your team and excusing it when it's your team but uh crucifying it when it's your opponent's team by definition you are being hypocritical there you don't have a coherent worldview through which you you know interact with other human beings or systems and i think that is really bothersome and i think a big part of that is people just shirking the responsibility of having a coherent system in which they interact with other human beings and the world around them
3: okay but
1: foundationally and and i agree with everything that you've said foundationally i'm talking about ownership of your own life and actions regardless of the poker hand that you've been dealt whether it's genetically societally who your parents were where you were born doesn't matter okay The argument that the United States doesn't do the best at flattening that curve out for the most number of people, I think is absurd on its face just given the historical success the United States has had uh, being this place where everybody is trying to come to in order to better their lives. There are arguments to be made that there are serious issues that need to be addressed. But the idea that in 2020, the systems that make comprise of the foundations of the United States are
3: inherently racist and are designed to hold down. You muted yourself, you're muted. I can't hear you. Designed to hold down what? I think that, the argument that the systems that are
1: foundational to the United States are inherently racist and designed to hold people down, I think, is shirking your own personal responsibility. It's like saying, oh, well, you know what? I'm not tall enough to play basketball. And so I'm just going to not even try to learn the game. Yeah, there are things that can be done to make
3: specific, address specific issues within the United States that need to be
1: addressed. I think there's a definitely a big issue in terms of the manner in which the police interact with society. I don't think it has to do with the fact that all of these police hate Black people. I think it more likely has to do, Occam's razor kicking in, and this is coming from somebody who chairs you know, the audit committee for third largest city in Los Angeles County, it comes from lack of training. You get four hours as a police officer every two years of training on
3: physically handling another human being. So, I mean, you you you
1: tell me as somebody who does jujitsu, if every single police officer now th- there are there are faults to this, I'm, I'm just this is a hypothetical, but if every single police officer were were a blue belt, do you think we would be having a lot of these problems that we're seeing? I actually, I, I this is one of the things I love about Andrew Yang. Like
2: that was one of the first things Yang came out. He was like, you know what? I think every cop should be a purple belt in jujitsu. They should be, like during their training, they should be required to to earn their purple belt in jujitsu. And I was like, hey, that's a really smart idea because, you know, uh, you know what's way safer for restraining someone who's trying to fight you, um, choking them out because they go unconscious. You handcuff them, and when they wake up. They're not a danger anymore, as opposed to grabbing a billy club and beating the shit out of them until they stop fighting back. Because when you're beating the shit out of somebody, they're gonna keep fighting back until you beat them, you know, close to death. Unfortunately, right. that's kind of the unfortunate fact of the matter. But you can actually restrain restrain people uh, pretty efficiently with uh, a, a a choke that will that will at the very least keep every party is safe in this situation
1: for, for, forget the restraint part of it think about the comfort as a human being dealing with another human being oh and sure yeah about, the, the process builds discipline and, and confidence cor- yeah correct so right now the problem is is that police officers have the nicest guns and the nicest tasers and the nicest collapsible batons And they don't have the nicest training on how to deal with another human being. And so through the force continuum, you have a very rapid, it's almost like rolling a ball down a hill rather than pushing it up a hill. It should be like pushing it up a hill. The first three stages of the force continuum, de-escalation, you know, physical restraint, that should be the slowest and most deliberate portion of the phase instead it's the part where you touch the ball and it starts rolling down the hill and it's like large man he's bigger than me I lack the training because I know for a fact that out of the 450 hours I was required to do in training I got a total of three and a half hours of how to control a suspect and that control was demonstrated on a compliant partner, you know, in the middle of all of this other stuff I was dealing with during my training. And now, when I'm confronted with another human being that is physically superior to me or embodies, you know, some lizard brain sense of my fight or flight, I look to the tools that I have in my toolbox and physical restraint and de escalation are uh, cowering in the deep, dark corners of the toolbox while, look, I have a shiny taser and this gun, which goes bang
2: Yeah, yeah, i I, I see what you're saying, and I, I think uh, I think it's it's just as stupid to uh, it's just as stupid to to say something along the lines of, well just shoot him in the leg." Oh, Jesus. Like, like, I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's just as dumb. It's just as dumb to say that as it is to say that there's no problem. That there that there is obviously nothing wrong, you know. Because saying nothing, there's nothing wrong, is saying that it's not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah. And I don't no, know, I know if anybody wants, weird. like, nobody wants to live in a society where this the 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 environment we find ourselves is a feature of the system as opposed Correct. to a fixable bug in the system.
1: Correct. So here's the thing. Defunding the police is the dumbest, dumbest idea ever. (laughs) The answer is fund the police more or move the funding into proper training. Start making sure that police officers don't spend 95% of their time on the streets. Have it so that they spend, yo, 66% of their time on the streets and a third of the time just training. Sure. For, for for that. But you I mean, know, that's, you know, that's you know that's not your note. There, I'm yeah. running up against a, I'm running up against a uh, a a hard out. I have a parent okay. teacher conference, where I may or may not bring up, uh, the, hot dog flute playing Michael, <laughs> and I think I'll just let Zach deal with it. Um, sure. Yeah, he's about to go back. Back to uh, one hour and 15 minutes a week of in person conditioning training at his school. What? Yeah, th- they're allowing that after school conditioning, which is basically like playing in the yard. It's code okay. for playing in the yard. That's cool. That's pretty so cool. Let's, let's see if Michael shows up. Let's see if Michael shows up. And then Zach, even though he's a peaceful and non confrontational guy, hopefully you know, Michael's face will stir something deep and primal within him, and they'll take care of it on the playground. Like, yeah. like all of kids should. Take care of. Well, keep us updated, I guess. I will, I will, and uh, and listen, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in person, yeah. and I think we can follow up, And and here's my official prediction. Trump declares victory tomorrow. Absolutely, that's going to happen. They're both going to declare victory tomorrow. It Doesn't matter what Trump it says. declares victory tomorrow, and the Biden camp and the Democrats cry foul and protest the election.
3: And you could have
1: you could have flipped the words Trump and Biden in that in that set of sentences, and your prediction would be one hundred percent accurate. And hilarity ensues, and by hilarity, I mean tragedy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'll be hilarious. a uh,
2: hundred years from now, when President Elon Musk on Mars is retelling the story of the great uh, schism that yeah. led him to take his followers to the red planet.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how and how he solved all of Earth's problems by dropping a meteor onto Washington D.C. <laughs> I mean, not too far from probably something that could happen. Anyway, whatever.
2: Bond villain Musk aside uh it's good talking to you dude i'll see you in a few days
3: love you bro can't wait to see love you, you too. thanks man bye <laughs>